But in order for someone to believe, they need to hear the message of the gospel to go forth. It's necessary to have the proclaimers. Here he says the preacher, but those who are willing to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. Today we know that God uses evangelists. He uses preachers and ordinary people like you and me to proclaim his message of salvation to a lost and dying world in need of a savior. We need to be those who are willing to proclaim that message. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Romans 10, 14 through 21, a message that I entitled, How to Have Beautiful Feet. I broke it into three parts, verses 14 and 15. How shall they hear? Verses 16 through 18, faith comes by hearing. And 19 through 21, God's outstretched hands. I'm going to go ahead and read the opening two verses, our first point, how shall they hear, and then open us in prayer. Romans 10 verses 14 and 15 says, How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who brings glad tidings of good things. Father, we thank you for this, your word, and for what it teaches us. Help us, Lord, to be open, to receive from your word this morning. I pray, Father, that you would just open our hearts to the message that you would have for us, the mission that you would have for us. Help us to grow and to learn and to understand, but not just to learn information. Lord, help us to learn how we might apply these things to our own lives. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So it begins with a question, actually several questions. And the questions each tie to the next question. He begins by asking, how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And then he, in progression, he moves to how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And then one more step of progression. He says, how shall they hear without a preacher? And in verse 13, last week, we closed out with Paul quoting this wonderful truth from Joel 2.32. The portion that he quoted, it simply says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
the whole verse, Joel 2.32 says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be praised. For in Mount Zion, in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. In Mount Zion, in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance. And that deliverance came in the person that we know of, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But it was there in Jerusalem, there in Mount Zion, where Christ came and offered his life as a sacrifice for our sins. And God's great promise of salvation has been extended to anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, whether Jew or Gentile, and that's what Paul is dealing with. Here often in Romans, talking about the Jews, talking about the Gentiles, even next week he'll refer to himself as the apostle to the Gentiles, but he spends a lot of time talking about his Jewish brethren. However, God's salvation is only available to those who call upon the name of Jesus in life-saving faith. Peter proclaimed the same truth on the day of Pentecost, saying in Acts 2, verses 38 and 39, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God has called. That we are to repent and through the name of Jesus Christ receive the forgiveness of sin. Someone who believes and calls upon Jesus, they first, though, must hear the gospel being proclaimed, that Jesus died, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. Jesus, we need to realize that Jesus Christ did everything necessary for our salvation. All we need to do is to respond to the gospel, to the good news, which tells us that Jesus died, was buried, rose again, ascended to the right hand of the Father, that he offers salvation to whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. All we need to do is believe. But in order for someone to believe, they need to hear the message of the gospel to go forth. And that's what Paul begins with here. How shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? It's necessary to have the proclaimers, here he says the preacher, but those who are willing to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. In the early church, God used men like Paul, the other apostles, and ordinary people to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today we know that God uses evangelists, he uses preachers and ordinary people like you and me to Proclaim his message of salvation to a lost and dying world in need of a savior. We need to be those who are willing to proclaim that message. In verse 15, we find that it's the gospel of peace. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So I put it in your notes. It's. Caruso is the Greek word. It means to herald. It kind of think of somebody. Uh, well, a great example of this, Dave Dew and myself, we were working uh, this Friday. I'm trying to get my days right here. Friday, 
And the Cubs, again, we'll go back to a baseball example here. But I was working down in the kitchen. I was outside making some cuts, had the game on when Dave showed up. And suddenly, Dave opened the door and said, Rizzo just hit a grand slam. And then he went back inside. He announced Caruso. He was a public crier. He announced that something big just happened, which, you know, hitting a grand slam is something big when you're a baseball player. So someone to herald, we would think of the public criers of old or someone crying out to buy the product that they might be selling. But also those who are sent, apostello is the Greek word, and, and we kind of get an idea of a, apostle. Apostello is the way that this word is actually spelled for us. And it means to dispatch someone into service, like in the military, or we might connect it to someone being called to ministry or in the missions field, that they've been dispatched, they've been sent out. And God loves to send messengers to proclaim his gospel to others. Like the prophets and priests of the Old Testament, the apostles, preachers, and teachers of the New Testament. And we learn that the apostles, preachers, and teachers of the New Testament, they actually believed what the Lord said in Luke 10 too, saying, and they prayed to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And then like Isaiah, they said, here am I, send me. And they went forth teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ, as we read in Acts 5.42. You know, when we pray, as they prayed there in Luke 10.2, we pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. We may discover that the Lord is sending us. And are we willing to go forth to teach and to preach Jesus to others? In this verse that Paul is quoting in verse 15, he's quoting from Isaiah 52, 7. Isaiah is actually looking past Israel's captivity to their nation's restoration. He's foreseeing the feet of the messengers who had the privilege of proclaiming the glad tiding of their deliverance that they have been freed from the bondage of the Babylonian captivity. Therefore, he saw their feet as being beautiful. And Paul connects the beautiful feet here by quoting Isaiah, referring to the privilege that we have in proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to others. Isaiah 52, 7. Isaiah says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. And although Isaiah originally wrote these words concerning Israel's return from Babylon, they found their true fulfillment in Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel, of the world. Nahum also spoke similar words in Nahum 1.15, saying, Behold, on the mountains, the feet of him who brings good tidings who proclaims peace. O Judah, keep your appointed feasts, perform your vows, for the wicked one shall no more pass through you. He is utterly cut off. The feet of those who brought the good tidings of peace. Nineveh, after their fall, the feet of these were found to be beautiful. And the 
festivities. Can you imagine what it would be like to be in bondage in Babylon for 70 years and then finally set free? Can you imagine the original group of Israelis who came back to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, laying the foundation? And we know that when they laid the second temple's foundation, that there was both shouts of joy, but also uh, great tears that were cried forth. In fact, the Bible tells us that they couldn't distinguish between the tears and the joy. The tears were those older people who had seen the original beauty of Solomon's temple before the destruction. And the joy was those who had never seen the temple that had been destroyed, but only knew that they were building a new temple to the Lord. But can you imagine the celebration, the appointed feast days, when Israel gathered together to worship God, to know that they have been delivered and that their enemy had been destroyed to rise up no more. Their celebrations were great because those who had plagued their people had been utterly cut off by the hands of the Lord. And Paul, he visualizes this similar beauty regarding the feet of those who bring this life-changing gospel to others. So according to Paul, if you want to have beautiful feet, then you must carry the gospel of peace to those who are in need of the Lord's salvation. And we find that the feet of those who proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they are beautiful. In verses 16 through 18, we find another famous verse, verse 17, faith comes by hearing, but verses 16 through 18, we read, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. So faith comes by hearing. And yet we discovered that not everyone has obeyed. Verse 16, even though the report of God's salvation has went out to the Jews, specifically he's talking about here, but it's true today. The message of the gospel has went forth, but everyone who has heard the message of Jesus Christ and the salvation that's available to him, they have not all obeyed. They have not all responded in life-saving faith. It's interesting to me that this quote by Paul in verse 16, Lord, who has believed our report, comes from Isaiah 51 verse 1. And we know Isaiah 51 speaks about Jesus Christ and his great sacrifice. All of Isaiah 51 is a tremendous prophecy concerning the suffering servant, Jesus Christ. And yet it begins with the words of Isaiah, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Today, the majority of Jewish people do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And so before Isaiah prophesied anything about the coming Messiah, he in the very first verse said that many would not obey, many would not believe of his own nation. And Jesus quoted this passage as well. 
when talking about the hardness of those who had witnessed his miracles and did not believe. They still did not believe. They saw the great miracles that Jesus did. And yet Jesus said in John 12, 38 through 40, that the word of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that he would heal them. I don't understand it, but many of the Jews had witnessed the miracles of Jesus, yet they refused to believe what their eyes had seen. Therefore, God made firm the condition of their hearts and their blinded eyes had hardened their hearts so that they could not believe, they could not find healing, they could not find salvation. And today, there are many modern rabbis in Judaism that believe that Isaiah 53 speaks about the suffering servant, that perhaps he's referring to the nation of Israel, perhaps Isaiah is referring to himself, or even to Moses or some other Jewish prophet. But they do not connected to that of the Messiah and that of Jesus Christ. We have in our world today people who have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've seen and heard some amazing things as well connected to the work of Jesus Christ in our world. And yet they still refuse to believe. Their eyes have hardened. And so even to this day, it might be said, Lord, who has believed our report? But faith, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You look over the book of Romans and you discover that Paul talked a lot about faith in Romans. He began in Romans 1.17 by declaring that the just shall live by faith. And then he taught us in Romans 3.28 and also Romans 5.1 that we are justified by faith. Romans 4.13 speaks of the promise of Abraham coming through the righteousness of faith. And Paul would go on to speak about our being strengthened in faith in Romans 4.20. And also that we have access into God's grace through faith in Romans 5.20. He wrote about our attaining the righteousness of faith in Romans 9.30. And he encouraged us to preach the word of faith. Romans 10, 8, we looked at that last week. And then also what we're looking at now, Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But Paul wasn't finished with this topic of faith. He goes on in Romans eleven twenty to say that we are to stand by faith. And moreover, that in Romans 12, 3, that God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith, that we each have a measure of faith that if we were given the gift of prophecy in Romans 12 6 Paul tells us to prophesy in proportion to our faith in Romans 14 1 he reminds us that uh, we are to receive those who are weak in faith and then in Romans 16 25 and 26 he reminds us that we are to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for the obedience to the faith. He had a lot to say about faith, but he wraps it all up here in Romans 10:17 that faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. And we need to understand that many people don't worship and praise Jesus because they have never heard the gospel rightly being proclaimed. And thus, it is necessary for God's word to first be proclaimed to help ignite the faith in someone's life. In a recent survey, and I want to look this survey up. I heard it secondhand from some of the other area pastors a couple of weeks ago. But in a recent survey, anywhere from 50 to 70 percent of people in the survey said that if a friend invited them to the church, that they would come. And yet, so many of us are almost frightened to invite someone to church when there are people out there saying, you know what, if a friend would invite me, I'd, I'd come. All we need to do is ask sometimes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In Psalm 138.4, the psalmist, he concluded that all the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Even the psalmist here acknowledged that the proclamation of God's word can enable kings, today we might say prime ministers, presidents, vice presidents, but can enable them to praise and sing of God's greatness, his glory. And although we may not be those who would proclaim the gospel to kings or queens or presidents or prime ministers, it reminds us of the importance of the proclamation of the gospel. Just to share, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that we're to do this to the ends of the earth. In verse 18, he says, But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the end of the earth. Now, there's a couple of things that I have been really attentive of as we've gone through the last several chapters here in Romans. One, that Paul is quoting Old Testament passages over and over again. This particular quote comes from Psalm 19 verse 4 where he says that their sound has gone off into all the earth their words to the ends of the earth but here David the psalmist is talking about the testimony of the sun itself and that sun's daily circuit of coming up rising from the east get my directions right here setting in the west like in verse 5, he says, like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run his race. That God's testimony daily is available for those who are willing to look and see the glory of God's creation. That's what David used this verse. So I've noticed that Paul is quoting a lot of Old Testament passages. And I like that because when I'm talking and sharing and preaching and teaching, I like to use the Word of God as commentary to the Word of God. There's enough within the Bible to explain what the Word of God means. We don't have to try to chase it down from some other sources than the Word of God. I love to use the Word of God in commentary. But I've also noticed that Paul has taken a little, a little liberty in the quoting of this, where David used it as the testimony of God's creation. Here, Paul uses it as the testimony of God's people going forth and telling of the love of Jesus Christ. When God originally created the heavens and the earth, it tells us that 
He gave the sun, the moon, the stars, not only to divide the day from night, but also for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. And so God gave creation for signs that we could look into the heavens. And I think there's probably, I know uh, in the church today, we stay away from astrology, uh, the somewhat worship of the stars and stuff. And for many reasons, rightfully so, because uh, it has been distorted and twisted and we can read our fortunes or whatever from the stars. But originally, God created the heavens and the earth as signs. But here, Paul is not referring to God's testimony of creation, but the proclamation of the gospel. And no doubt the Jews and Gentiles in Paul's day, they had multiple opportunities to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed. Just as there is ample opportunities today for people to hear the gospel in our day and age through the Internet, through putting a message out there, but also through just us sharing the faith that his message would go out into all the earth. And so we learned that in order for faith to be united in someone's heart, the word of God must first be declared. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. And let God